first episode of Ace Comicals of 2022. Yes, uh, so we're back um, and um, with us today, actually, we're kicking the year off with an interview. So today we are joined by our guest, uh, comics creator, Anthony Smith. Hello. Yeah, so uh, Anthony is um, the artist on one of the previous books that we've discussed, which was a book called Back. Um, you can go back to a previous episode and listen to the review of that. Um, and if you're interested, you can go over to the Soaring Penguin Press website and pick it up there. And uh, the real reason Anthony's here today, though, is because he is uh, he's put together a new collection of single panel cat cartoons uh, called Learn to Speak Cat Fake Muse, which is going to be available through Soaring Penguin Press as well. Um, and that is a collection of cartoons that um, this started out as a newspaper strip, didn't it? Yeah, well, actually, goes a little bit before then. Actually, it started off as um, a very simple little gift book published by um, Summersdale. We do a lot of these sort of, you know, um, yeah. like gift books. You know, the kind that sort of, um, you know, you see, you get a lot of funny animal ones and so on. You know, and um, that's where it started its life. But it was very basic back then. You know, it was it was simple as like a little cat illustration and the cat word. Um, okay. And it, it did okay, and then I sort of, um, I sort of um, evolved it. Yeah, so I really like the um, the kind of like the simple single panel cartoons with the the, the cat vocabulary ones. Those ones are my favourites actually. When I've oh right, okay, yeah. yeah. I think the problem with them was actually I sort of run out of road with them. If you do it all the time, because actually when I started with the Metro, because actually I got um, I got it in the Metro newspaper, which was great because the Metro newspaper sort of got a massive um, circulation in the UK. For non-UK people, this is um, this is like a freebie newspaper that actually you pick up on the tubes mostly. But it also it also goes on. They got um, things for buses and stuff like that outside of um, you know in, in uh, more rural areas. And it is um, it is a nationwide newspaper, but um, it's got a huge circulation. I mean, I think it's got something like three point three million um, um, circulation. So um, yeah, I got it in there and. Um, and then it actually, you know, I started to, um, that's when it sort of, it evolved a bit because it was in there for a good few years. And um, you kind of, you can't do cat words all the time, really, yeah. <laughs> especially not daily. So I kind of, I evolved it so it was the odd cat word here and there. Yeah. But then you kind of got just more, I would say, sort of, not traditional, but more sort of, um, um, just sort of, you know, just everyday cartoons about cats, I suppose. And the yeah. thinking was that the cat sort of let speak cat thing was also about their behaviour and their antics, as it were. So it was a kind of a, you know, it was an insight into cats. So that was kind of the umbrella name for it. So, and that yeah. kind of worked quite well. And that's how it sort of, um, that's what it evolved into. And then I, I mean, I literally did hundreds and hundreds of these, um, which, uh, which you know, appeared in a couple of books and and appeared in um, um, uh, got to Go Comics. Go Comics quite good actually because it's like a nice. Uh, uh, it is subscri- you do need to subscribe to it but um, it's actually been on there for I think at least six maybe coming up to seven years Learn to Speak Cat so again you know this is, it's, um, I've had um, I've done a lot of these <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've um, I've had a look through the, the stuff on, on Go Comics you've got um, your other one on there as well Do- uh, Dog On It and Catitude, Catitude yeah that's it. right yeah yeah, yeah that's true yeah. actually I'm, that was a good bit of detective work actually yeah 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 which is kind of like a little bit of an evolution of Learn to Speak Cat in a way isn't it it's, well yeah I mean that actually came about yeah. because um, um, at the time the book rights for Learn to Speak Cat were with a publisher in, in Britain who um who actually went under, actually, this publisher. It was um, Souvenir Press. Um, but while I was still with them, I got an offer from an American publisher who was actually a toy manufacturer. It's all a bit bizarre, really. But anyway, they were doing um, books for toy shops, and um, and they wanted me to do a cat thing, and I came up with Catitude, which yeah. was um, which is a bit different to Learn to Speak Cat, but I am all, you know, I, it does mean that I there's a lot of there's a lot of cat stuff whirring around in my brain now. But that's, that's kind of why we're why I yeah. came up with two different ones. But then I actually quite enjoyed having two different ones and I kind of evolved one to be a bit different to the other in the sense that um yeah attitude um and um is a, you know it's kind of a more um it's not so surreal as learn to speak cat, put it that way. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, it is a different sort of angle. And it's, uh, it's behavioural, isn't it? Like if you've got pet cats and dogs, it's like it's it's everyday behaviours illustrated in a fun 
fun kind of way. Yeah, it's more yeah, it's more what you'd kind of expect from a from a cat cartoon, if you like. Whereas yeah. Learn to Be Cat, I think, is a little bit quirky. It's a little bit kind of more off the wall. You know, it's a little bit more um, surreal, I would say, at times. Um, so, yeah, there is that sort of point of difference between the two. Um, what I wanted to ask you about as well. So, obviously, we're going to come, we're going to circle back around to Learn to Speak Cat. Um, but I wanted to ask you about, like, your wider work in comics as well. Because mm-hmm. um, I've... Um, you, you, you got your first thing that you did... Um, was with um, Mighty World of Marvel, wasn't it? Marvel UK. It was, but I was so young. I mean, I literally, I th- I'm trying to think how old, I, I mean, I know I was only 16, and I might have even been 15 when I first started pestering them, saying, oh, can I come in and show you my work? And they were very kind, and they, um, I, I don't even know who I saw, because it was that long ago, you know, and I was, and I was yeah. 16 years old, and you're in, you're meeting, you know, adults back then, and you're thinking, oh, you know, you know, you don't, you know. So I was um, very, um, you know, shy and um, and, um, and unsure of myself. Um, and I, I remember going to Marvel UK's office because they were in Kentish Town at the time. And I actually, I took them because I think I was doing, I was doing stuff for the, um, for this, um, you know, I was doing kind of two styles really. I was doing very cartoony style and I was also trying to draw superheroes, but obviously they would have been terrible. You know, my superheroes would have been awful. But I think my cartoons were quite passable even at that age because I think I'd managed to, don't know if I'd got a gig at the local paper yet, or I was I was sort of it, it was that year. But anyway, and I think they either took pity on me or they liked my work, one or the other. But the editor there said, "Well, actually, we've got some um, you know some children's comics that we do, and you could do puzzle pages for them." So that was brilliant because obviously for us, you know somebody that age, you know, um, to be doing stuff, you know, um, professionally, you know, I mean they weren't paying me a fortune, but it was. It was all right. I can tell you that sort of age, you know, I think it was, I think, um, probably 25 quid a page or something, which was, you know, which was, um, which I was very, very happy with at the time. So I ended up doing sort of puzzle pages for things like Wurzel Gummidge Weekly and, and so on and so forth, um, yeah. which is all right. I mean, they weren't even pictures, you know, I, I wasn't even allowed to do my own stuff. So it wasn't even, I didn't have to do Wurzel Gummidge. I could do sort of random cartoons and as long as they were, um, you know, f- um, amusing things for puzzle pages. So, um, yeah, um, but in a way, actually, it sort of, it, they did me a huge favour, but then in another way, I kind of ended up just drawing cartoons, and nothing wrong with that, and as I say, I kind of got some work for local papers, and then I went on to do other sort of um, humour comics or whatever, um, but in a way, I wish I'd pursued the superhero stuff a bit more, because I think that once the work, um, once the comics I was working for folded at Marvel, the the kiddie ones i mean they didn't i think i had a couple there was a, a blip where i did something else a bit later on but generally you know there isn't that much ongoing work for cartoony stuff at somewhere like marvel uh even yeah. marvel uk you know yeah and whereas there is a lot of ongoing um work if you get good at um doing superheroes and i kind of wish actually i'd sort of you know but i'm so young that you know you you, you know can't think that way but I sort of didn't you know I think I think the once I sort of I don't know if that edit, I think that editor either moved on or because I know I was showing my work to, to somebody else on the children's stuff and I think that by then they'd probably pigeonholed me oh he's the guy that does this cartoony stuff if you see what I mean yeah and I was probably yeah. never it never occurred to me to like um whip my superheroes out of my back pocket again and say oh but I'd quite like to do these too so yeah. um so yeah I kind of drifted into doing uh, a lot you know uh, having a very cartoony style if i can put it that way yeah i mean uh, there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because your cartoons are excellent um i do like the learn to speak cat stuff and i've seen like some of the other things that you've done as well i've managed to track some of it down um because i managed to track down there's a, a strip you had in an issue of marvel uk that i managed to get a look at um and i think it was in uh well, it's mighty world of marvel number oh 12 oh my god that is detective work yeah yeah, yeah. It was, um, <laughs> yes um because they gave me cuz i think they were like having at the time they were like um they were giving like a, a little bit of space to um to sort of newbies or a newbie oh, that's not a word is yeah. it um whatever they termed it and yeah. I think I sent in some stuff and they said and, and because i'd worked and they i think they gave me a nice little write up didn't they because i'd worked there before and they yeah. said something like, um, oh, he used to do our kiddie comics or something, and, and here's his latest um, offering. But, uh, yeah, that was quite nice. I remember that. I can't, I can't believe he found that. I, you know, <laughs> I can't believe that. That must be so yeah. obscure. 
Yeah. No, yeah, nothing, nothing escapes the all seeing yeah. like, It's comical. It's actually Mighty like, World of Marvel, although yeah. not my bit, but uh, Mighty World of Marvel would have been very good then because um, Alan Moore was doing um, Captain Britain and stuff, wasn't he? And there yeah. was a bit of a, yeah. it was definitely a sort of um, a real, um, you know, there, there was a spell at Marvel um, where, you know, there was some real sort of, you know, there was some, there was some interesting stuff going on. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. Maybe I, mean, I should have been an Inca because I've always had quite good line work. So yeah. maybe I should have asked them, oh, can I ink other people's pencils? Because that might have eased me in to like sort of, you know, you know, that might have, um, you know, my inability to draw properly might have been a, might have not been a problem if I started off as an inker, you know. So um, who knows? But anyway, but, uh, but, but yeah, well yeah. spotted, well found. <laughs> yeah, we, I found that one. And um, I wanted to ask you actually, because with the way that you work with the cartoons and things like that, and, and I wanted to ask you about like your sort of influences and the things that kind of like pushed you towards wanting to make comics. So, um, when, where did you, I, I can, I can imagine that you probably like a lot of people that grew up in the UK grew up reading things like the Beano and the Dandy. Yeah. Although I yeah. actually Marvel and DC, Marvel comics, particularly more so than yeah. DC. Yeah. I, I really loved, but I read all the, the funny comics as well, but that my real, you know, I was a real Marvel comics fan, you know, um, mm. you know, so I used to read the, the reprint British weeklies, you know, because you couldn't get the American ones a lot of the time. Yeah. So um, that was my real, you know, uh, that was what I really loved. And I, I, I just found I could draw the funny stuff because it, it is easier to draw. That's basically yeah. why. If you, if, you, if you don't, you know, anatomy and things like that, uh, uh, um, you know, you make up your own anatomy when it's a little cartoon character. But if you're actually trying to draw a realistic person, although I did try... You know, I don't think I'd realise that you have to really try. <laughs> you know, you have yeah. to spend like years, you know, um, basically practising and so on and so forth. Um, whereas the other one was a bit of a shortcut and, and it was a sort of, um, you know, um, I sort of was immediately getting work, if that makes sense. You know, for example, I mean, it wasn't much, but I remember, you know, I was doing, a, uh, I was doing two local papers and then one of the local papers gave me a, um, a weekly slot doing um, a children's um you know, fun page or whatever they termed it. And so I was actually, even at a very early age, getting regular work doing those sort of, you know, very simple, not not that simplistic, but, you know, relatively yeah. simplistic cartoons. And yeah. I think I kind of got stuck in that groove because, um, as I say, you, you sort of, you know, um, uh, drawing, for example, um, penciling for, say, Marvel or something like that or DC, I mean, uh, it really is. I mean... It, it's it's a huge undertaking to get good enough to basically break into that um um which um i think i wouldn't be prepared to do it but i just thought i think what i thought was you kind of either got it or you haven't you know it's not something you you can just work out and work out and work out i think i was sort of um deterred by the fact that i didn't have the instant gratification of being able to do it straight away you know i just thought oh you know oh well i you know that looks too difficult you know um but in hindsight, it's obviously anything with a bit of patience and a bit of commitment and a bit of, you know, um, or practices, I suppose, the, um, uh, the operative word, yeah. you know, you do, you do get better, but it's very gradual. You know, you're not yeah. going to get, you're not going to suddenly find yourself able to draw properly after a couple of weeks. You know, it's going to take you a, a couple yeah. of years probably even to um, begin to get um, half decent. So anyway, well, but yeah. Proof of that, I suppose, is your work with Tobias Tate on Black, isn't it? Because that's um, there was a video that I watched, uh, which was from the um, the when when you had it in the um, the London not over the London Cartoon Gallery. Oh yeah, we had a little exhibition there. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah and um, there was a video there with um, Soaring Penguin Press. Yeah, um, and um, you were saying there that this was like one of the first times you tried to sort of like produce more realistic work. Yeah, that's right. Actually, yeah. I mean, well, what I did was actually because because well, actually just to go back a little bit. Um, yeah. In case you are interested, <laughs> I don't want to like overly, you know. Um, no, um, no. Honestly, it's all. It's, it's, um, stuff, so, yeah. It, I, I sort of because I actually because I as I say I had quite a lot of su- like, relative success when I was very very young. We're doing the cartoony stuff, you know. So, um, yeah. Um, and then basically, I think sort of it stayed very, very static for years. So, because the, there was a lot of stuff I did that was, you know, pretty awful in hindsight. You know, for example, Viz, there was loads of these sort of um, crappy um, 
ripoffs of Viz that came out. Viz and I remember working yeah. for like nearly all of them because it was so yeah. you know it was so easy and it was you were churning stuff out. Well, I say so easy, you know, it was it was yeah. They were actually buying stuff. They were buying funny cartoons, and the page rates actually in a lot of instances weren't that bad. So I remember I, I sort of did a lot of those. I was doing a lot of cartoony stuff. But I think I got to my sort of mid to late twenties and realised, well, actually, this isn't sort of getting any better. You know, I'm sort of I've reached a plateau. Whereas being a sixteen year old earning a few hundred quid here and there is actually really good. But being someone in your mid twenties in that situation is not so good. So I actually um, had to think about what I wanted to do, and I, I actually did a degree in advertising, which you can do, believe it or not. You know, this is just yeah. purely to become a creative in a advertising agency, and I did that for three years, and I got my job, self a job in an ad agency, um, and it was quite a good ad agency actually. It was like when I one of those sort of ones where you know you get to do a lot of telly and stuff like that in central London. Yeah. Um, it's Jay Walter Thompson. Or like they like to be called J J W T after that. And now they now they call themselves nothing because I think they've disappeared. They've um, merged with someone saying. But anyway, so um, um, yeah. So from late twenties to like um, for 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 ages, really, I was sort of working in advertising and doing just doing cartoons, really on the side. You know, very much on the side. But what I was doing now and again was I had to storyboard stuff. I didn't. Well, I didn't have to storyboard stuff, but it helped sell things. So, for example, um, if I wanted to get my work across, you know, and to basically get it through, as I used to say, you know, basically, you know, so the client was understanding what was going on and so forth and, and so on and so forth, I tended to do um, storyboards quite a lot, you know, yeah, for my work. Yeah. And, um, and so even without thinking about it, um, I was actually practicing all the time. You know, I wasn't thinking, oh, I want to draw comics again or anything like that. I was just thinking, you know, they've got to be relatively realistic if you're drawing, you know, you know, um, um, a storyboard for whatever, you know, people eating yeah. chocolate bars or driving cars or whatever. So, um, so, um, so actually, when I came to think to myself, would I like to do, um, you know, I'd, I'd always had a bit of an itch that I hadn't scratched really to do more um, realistic art. And so when I actually thought to myself, um, there was a couple of opportunities and I, and I did a couple of tentative things before Black. But um, I found actually that by having done these storyboards on and off for years, I'd actually learned to, to draw, you know, at least it had given me a massive head start in being able to draw um, realistically in, in, you know, quotation marks or whatever. So I was... So that's how that came about, really. And um, yeah. and I actually surprised myself that I was actually, although I still ha- heavily had to rely on on um, on um, on on reference material, really, because mm. I still couldn't draw. Um, I still can't really draw completely from from imagination or whatever. But because actually, and I don't want this to be all about black this um, this um, this interview, because I know we're supposed to talk about Leslie Cat, but but uh, but actually. Um, it, it actually, because it was a story that needed to be done in a realistic way, I didn't want, I don't think either of us, either of us me or Tobias, wanted like a, a, a real, a, a very over-stylized um, 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 illustration technique to overwhelm what was basically a true story. And so yeah. it had to be kind of realistic in that regard. So actually, it didn't turn out too bad, the fact that I kind of had to like look at buildings and look at, you know, um, you know, just more realistic people in, in normal poses and so on, just walking about, or sitting down. There wasn't, you know, it wasn't a superhero book or anything like that. And so yeah. that's how that came about. But yeah. I am digressing a lot because this is the cat um, interview, isn't it? Yes, but uh, we, we, we're here to talk about all of it, really. So we can okay. talk about as much of it as you want. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's all good stuff. I don't mind. So, yeah. um, I mean, I was actually going to ask you these questions anyway, to be fair. I was going to ask you about um, about most of it, about your influences and things like that. So um, when we're talking about things like Learn to Speak Cat, I can actually see the advertising bias because you've got this this whole thing with the single pa- the single panel cartoon. Yeah of having to fit a large amount of information in a short space and you have to, I suppose you have an idea, a gag and you have to condense that down until you can get it all into one, one image. Yeah. That's, that's a very good observation as well, because yeah. it seemed, see what I would learned in advertising and I was doing advertising for years is that you have to distill information down into a very simplistic, um, well, whatever it is that you end up doing. I mean, when I, I actually worked in a lot of agencies where it was a lot of press and, and posters and stuff like that as well as telly so it was less 
digital as it were um but so you were kind of always looking and even it's not even just doing the ad if you think about it very very few of the actual concepts and stuff that you 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 do run i mean you're just churning out stuff a to get it past a creative director in the first instance and b then it has to get past the client and so on and so forth so you do a huge amount of work um and only a tiny fraction of which comes out at the other end you know so um so actually yeah i was and I had a bit of a head start as a cartoonist anyway, because I was quite good at that kind of, you know, that kind of like, so it's a, it's how do you distill something down into like a simplistic image and a headline it was a lot of the time was what it was about. But actually with advertising, it taught me to even push that even harder. So somebody's got to be able to get something at a glance and it's all got to be nice and clear. And you don't want lots of other elements in the way, really, if you can help it, because unless they're relevant to what you're trying to put across, then what's the point of them, if you see what I mean? So I yeah. think a lot of my cartooning was then influenced by the fact that I do like this idea of distilling things down so that it looks really simple, but it actually might be a relatively complex gag or something. Mm. But somehow, you've, it, it, you know, you've managed to get the information all in the right, um, 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 I was going to say order, but in the right sort of... Um, uh, right presentation so that people get the gag you know and yeah. and and i think that's the that's 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 something that advertising sort of has to do really because it knows that people have very you know basically people look at things fleetingly you know yes. and yeah. things pass them by very quickly so you're really trying to you're trying to grab people's attention obviously in the first instance but then you're trying to communicate something very quickly and succinctly to them uh, before they move on and um so i think i do apply that to cartoons um i mean obviously some of them are a bit wordier than others and there's things going on but a lot of the time i do like those kind of like bang you know between the eyes gags that you just get straight away yeah um and uh and yeah yeah i think that for me is most of the charm of the book itself it's most of the charm of the collection and, and of the cartoon itself have learned to speak at is the fact that each one just hits you straight away um, and when you, I can imagine like, cause I used to read the Metro on my way to college and things like that. I used to catch the bus to college. So I'd be reading the Metro on the way to college. Um, and you, you'd be in good company because there was like, um, strips like Nemi and things running in the Metro yeah. as well. It was Nemi time. and they had Pearls before, yeah. swine, uh, um, was it Pearls before Swine or Pearls? Something like that anyway. Yeah. That was yeah. a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So sadly, like and I don't want to bad mouth them, but no, I've, yeah, I've always had a good relationship with the Metro. But actually, yeah. the editor that came in because um, that took over from the one that had um, hired me, he took. He, it wasn't. Uh, I don't think he had anything against me because he just he just um, ditched all the cartoons. Yeah. So basically, Nimi, Pearls, and mine all went. And I think that's really sad. It's not. You know, it's not a personal yeah. um, um, dig at him, but it's just the way newspapers are going. They basically they don't see cartoons as being as crucial as they. Or well, say crucial. They're not being. Uh, uh, an element of, of newspapers uh, such yeah. an important element of newspapers as they used to be because i remember you know not that i've always you know read a daily newspaper but it used to be totally normal to get a whole page of cartoons in a newspaper or at least a half a page you know whereas yeah. now the trend is very much so this is why i'm not sort of having to go at them because it is just the tra- the trend it's it's that you don't need to have cartoon strips in newspapers so if you look at it now i mean the tabloids, a couple of them still do, but most newspapers around the world really have decided, you know, we don't need all those, that all that cartoony stuff, which I think is really, you know, it's it's sad because obviously, you know, yeah. there's a there's a lot of um, creatives out there and so on and so forth that aren't getting the work, and there's people that aren't being entertained in the way that, yeah, <laughs> that exactly. they might have been in the past. Yeah, um, it's so it yeah. So, and also, I think it's a little—it's an uncontrollable element in the newspaper mm. that they don't sort of need. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Although you can buy and syndicate stuff, and you sort of, you know, kind of where it's going and so on and so forth, it is something that somebody has to keep tabs on, and you have to be a little bit concerned about, you know, is that appropriate and stuff like that. So it kind of saves people a job in a way. You know, you kind of, you know, you can just put another feature in that's more, um, I don't know, that's more manageable, I suppose. it is very sad, actually, because for me, like the the idea of a cartoon in a newspaper is something that is actually integral to the fabric of the newspaper, because this is something that goes back to the 
like the 19th century having a cartoon in a newspaper like they used to have political satirical single panel cartoons yeah um and it's like one of the oldest forms or examples of comics or cartoons in publication is having them included in newspapers mm. um and that's like it's it's something that's like it's it's an institution for me like a part of the fabric of the newspaper itself in my thinking anyway so it, it is, is sad- in yeah. yeah, but I think I think it has changed. I mean, because you used to when I I can't you know having you know because you used to associate certain newspapers with cartoon strips. So basically, yeah. I mean, you know, um, and 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 people, I think, it, you know, people do like to, you know, it might be a minority, but there are those people that will buy that newspaper for that cartoon strip, or they will pick up the newspaper mm. for the cartoon strip. In the case of the Metro, which is obviously you don't have to you don't have to fork out for it, but so I do think that they're missing a bit of a trick really because um i do think there's a you know they sort of create a loyalty factor with a with yeah. a publication you know people like you know it's some people you know for almost for nothing else they just like they like they, they, they there's like a comfort blanket of like all oh, they've got you know they see the new whatever it is cartoon every day and plus there's another few bits and bobs they like in the paper and that sort of gives the paper the personality yeah you know it, if you start it, to take out too many of those elements then it's just a it you know, breaks uh, up the doom as well, doesn't it? Sorry, it breaks up the doom as well, doesn't it? Because yeah, <laughs> the news I, mean, yeah. I mean they can do that in other ways, though. They can do that in other ways, you know. And uh, and yeah. to be fair, you know, tabloids are full of like the funny little stories, aren't they? So um, you know, but um, I just think it's another, and also it's a, it's a very different visual element. I mean, if you if you're doing everything via photography and so on, then you've got a a little creative thing going on, which is hand drawn usually, you know, and it's a different. You know, it's, it's just a, it's it's just another another um, another string to their bow. You would have thought, but it's definitely the trend is definitely to um, have less and less cartoons in publications than there were when. Well, certainly when I was, you know, yeah. in my twenties and thirties, they're now, you know, you know, yeah. they're, 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 they're they've definitely diminished. You know, well, even from when like I'm because I'm I I grew up sort of in the early 2000s and things like that so even even from my age i i know the decline of cartoons in newspapers as well even between me being born in the late 80s up to now i've i've noticed it yeah um and it's yeah it's it's just one of those things that is is quite sad actually when you think about it too much because it is it is something that where yeah. when i would pick up the paper like you said it's a comfort blanket it's something where i'll be on my way to college i would pick up the metro and and it would be like something to just kind of like just give me a little bit of a smile in the morning on the way to school or whatever yeah um, and so some cartoon strips have got a really strong but you know small but very keen fan base for example you mentioned nimi i think that was one of those yeah. Because yeah. I think that they'd actually tried to axe Nimi before, but the backlash had been such, even if it was from like a, you know, just a very small minority. But they really, some people loved that cartoon to the point that they, um, that they, um, that they would write to a newspaper if it disappeared. Which is still, you know, which yeah. is quite an undertaking to do, you know, if you actually yeah. to put pen to paper or, or or email them even. But you know. Um, so um, you know, some 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 strips really do create a loyalty base that um, that is um, yeah. yeah you know that's that's you know I would have thought is good to have but you know yeah I mean I've been I've been sat here before speaking to you actually prior to this interview earlier earlier this evening I was just going through the stuff that you've got on um, uh, the learn to speak cat stuff and the 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 catitude dog on it stuff on Go Comics and I was like flicking through and. It's like it, it's another thing for me to check daily now because uh, right. I, I will go back and I will have a look and I will see what you've done because I do like. Have you, have like you signed up to Go Comics then? Um, I've not signed up yet. No, but you well, can. Can you go you through can, them without um, without? You can. You can. Out? Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, that's interesting. Oh, yeah, you can. Okay. You can flick through them, or I'm able to flick through them without um, without actually signing up. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, good. good. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i've been looking at those on on go comics and um it's, yeah it's another thing for me to check daily because i just like the idea of the single the single mm. page well go comics is quite interesting just an extension yeah. of what we're saying actually because because go comics is owned by um you well it's actually universal um who who did all the um who just about own every major syndicated cartoon strip you know from garfield yeah. to peanuts to far side to whatever i think i think they just about they've just about bought everything they what they did have a rival called king features but i'm not sure yeah. um 
I think Universal are, are significantly bigger. I might be wrong on that, so don't quote me, but you know, I've got that impression. And I think they, I think this is actually technically it's called something called Universal You Click uh, Go Comics. So it's basically, um, it's a sister company of theirs. But essentially, I think it's almost like they've, they've almost like thought to themselves, well, we're not getting um, into newspapers syndication wise the way we were. And so Go Comics is really, I presume, their idea to actually get the comics to market in a different way. Yeah. Um, I suspect that's where it's come from because, you know, obviously, like I say, you know, um, these big syndication, well, somebody like Universal would have been placing, you know, just all the old classics still in lots and lots of newspapers. I mean, I, I remember the classics all running in newspapers when I was a child, but they don't now. You know, I don't know who, you know, I don't know if, if they, you know, if things like, I don't know if there's a British newspaper that runs Peanuts. I'm like, there might be, I'm not sure. But it's there's definitely was when I was young. I think it might have been Express. I'm not sure. But anyway, all the mail. Anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> but basically, yeah, I think that they've sort of, they're trying uh, through Go Comics to basically create a new um, um, outlet for, for cartoons, which is good because obviously things are moving towards, you know, digital platforms more and more. And if you look at Go Comics, I mean, it's got everything on it. It's got all Universal stuff on it, and it's a lot. You know, it's uh, you know, it, it is all the classic stuff plus um, plus lots of new things. So um, yeah, so yeah, I think that's probably an indication of of, of the shrinkage of the of the newspaper industry mm. and um, the growth of, of 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 online. You know, online news. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, getting back sort of like into the the learn to speak cat thing a bit deeper again so i was just going to ask you about how do you go about um creating the gags and, and how do you sort of keep it up like where the material to just keep going and going and going like um, you must own catch yourself right i assume well not at the moment i haven't got one but uh, yeah i haven't passed but um yeah yeah um what i tend to do i just tend to just jot down gags as they occur to me in a notebook and i, I always tend to like i don't tend to i tend to like give them I don't tend to draw things straight away. I used to make that mistake of like thinking, oh, that's really funny. I'm going to draw that. And then you think, oh, that wasn't very funny. Um, so actually I try to discipline myself whereby I, I think of a few gags. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not ongoing thing, so I'm, you know, I'm jotting down all the time. And then I go back and have a look, um, you know, a few days later or whatever. So I can, so it's an ongoing thing. So any time I look at it, I can always look at past cartoons, if you see what I mean, because it's like, yeah. yeah. So, and, um, and then I can tell whether they're any good or not, <laughs> or they might be any good or not, because I yeah. just find for some reason there's something about just coming up with something. It's kind of prejudices you to like thinking it's good. Whereas if yeah. you, you know, it's the old adage about sleeping on something overnight or whatever, you know, it's kind of got that. So I, I tend to go back and then I think, oh, that one's all right. And actually sometimes some of the ones that I thought, oh, I'll write that down. It's probably not. Any, I don't think that's funny, but I'm going to write that. And, and, and I might go back and think, oh, actually, it could be all right. Um, because drawing them isn't, is, is what it is. If you see what I mean, I'm mean, drawing them is kind of like, always going to be kind of, um, a process of just, just trying to make the gag nice and clear and putting the right elements in and so on. Yeah. But actually the bit that sparks it, just that little note of what is going on. Um, yeah, that's the bit that takes a bit more, um, um, thought, I suppose, in a way. Yeah, I mean, in um, my mind, I, I, that's surprising actually, because in my mind, I thought it would have been the other way around, like to come up with like a, a, a pun or a gag, and they say, "Oh yeah, okay," and write that down. But then to actually translate that into an image and get the correct elements in, so it makes sense. Um, for me, would have been the harder part. But yeah, I guess you're yeah. Just <laughs> um, I don't think it. Well, not for me personally, because I think that there's. Because, because I think I can always do that. Do you know what I mean? You can always find a yeah. way to do that, but you can't always find a way to come up with a, a gag that you like in the first instance. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know, that's actually, that's got, it's all got to happen. Whereas the other thing, you're kind of guaranteed you're going to be able to draw it. Yeah. Where, but you're not guaranteed you're going to be able to come up with something. And it, they might not always be funny. You know? it's, a, <laughs> it's just for others to decide. But, you know, yeah. so actually, because there is that thing that, and everybody gets it, where you just think to yourself, oh, my God, I'm not going to come up with anything funny anymore. Like, you know, I'm, it's, it's, it's the end, you know, because you do get to that point where you kind of got that block that says, you know, well, I can't think of anything. Whereas I don't get that block with illustrating, you know, I just, just, just illustrate, you know, just drawing, in this instance, cats. You know, yeah. there, there's nothing to, there's no roadblock there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah there's nothing yeah. to stop me. Whereas, I think, and also you find, actually, I find that, 
tend to come in bursts. So what what will happen is you'll get an idea, and then you get a variation on it, and a variation, and and then there'll be like um, there'll be like a, a little a mini flood of ideas, and then you'll struggle, and then you get a mini flood of ideas. I don't know if it's the same for everybody else or whether it's different for different people, but essentially that's what happens with me, and so I can have periods where writing wise I'm actually very um I have like um 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 just just little spells where where I'm able to 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 knock out quite a few gags and and they might keep me going for quite a while you know if there's enough good ones in there because you know um um you know you might have a burst of of of, um brain activity over you know the course of an hour that could keep you going for the best part of a week if you're lucky so, yeah. but it's getting that burst of activity where you, where you're happy with the work. Um, and the other thing I learned as well, I mean, it's not in advertising. Um, you should show people your work. I don't do it enough. Even, even since having said that, I don't do it as much as I should. But I learned in advertising that a lot of the time, you know, if you think something's funny, it doesn't necessarily mean it is. Yeah. <laughs> if you think if you think something, everyone gets something. It doesn't necessarily yeah. mean they do. So actually, yeah. I do think I would advise people to do this, although I'm I'm bad at it. But you should show people your gags and say to them, <laughs> "Is this make any sense?" Um, yeah. But um, I don't do that enough. But again, that was that was an advertising. I think I learned in advertising that basically, um, I think I learned basically um, <laughs> that you are actually doing this for someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for yourself. There, there is actually an audience that exists. Um, and I, I met them, you know, when you do research and things, you know, so you kind of get you kind of you get absorbed in that kind of idea that basically I'm I'm not yeah. trying to hit one person who I, you know, I'm not trying to entertain another me that's out there, you know, that likes what I like. I actually if I want to, you know, be half, half you know, have, have a some success at this, I really want to try and entertain, you know, a wider audience. So, um yeah. I do have one eye on that through advertising, like not consciously, but I'm sure I've developed that where you think, well, you know, would this be a, cause, cause you know, you know, it's, it's funny in advertising, you know, everyone sort of says, you know, um, ideas and gags and so on. They're very subjective and so on and so forth. They're not subjective as you subjective as you think, you know, you know, I remember, you know, cause we used to be very competitive in creative, um, in, a, in um, the creative department, you know, you'd basically, yeah. You'd be beavering away on something, and you knew other people beavering away on it. Yeah. And when the creative director liked something, often you know everyone heard. If they didn't hear straight away, you know it would trickle out what the idea was through for a certain brief. And and most people would go. In most instances, you go, oh, you know, yeah, I wish I'd thought of that. That's really good. Do you know what I mean? It's like it, it's like there was no doubt that it was good. It was like it was like it's like sort of um, it it it. it everybody would groan and think they wish they'd come up with it always. And so there is like a sweet spot with things that basically it's not as subjective as you think, you know, um, everyone will nod and say, Oh yeah, people will really like that. Funny. And, uh, and I think that's worth striving to striving to towards. Um, um, and, um, it's very difficult, obviously, you know, to get something people really genuinely go, Oh yeah, really really good um because i mean i still send stuff to private eye and i've got something i really like doing which is called logos as they should be yeah which is yeah, basically a, a yeah. fun little thing and boy is it diff and i have to really <laughs> work hard to get yeah. to get them past um ian his lot you know because it's basically one of these things whereby you're just you know yeah you, he it's got to be good for him to yeah. like oh i'm going to use that one you know and so, and that's the same. It's like the same as in a in a, with a creative director who's got the the um the luxury of having lots of people to choose from. Um, yeah. It's that discipline. In my experience thus far, it's yeah. actually it, it actually um and and you only get this through working really in the sense that um to actually to have that. If you've sort of, if you don't have a filter, or you don't have, um, uh, if you, if it's not hard to get stuff through, then it makes you lazy, you yeah. know. And essentially, I think when I was younger, and this would be advice to sort of any cartoonist or whatever out there, I think it's very easy to kind of just think, oh, that's really funny that thing I came up with, and yeah. 
and 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 I'm sure I did that. I'm sure I did that when I was working for those, you know, um, not very high quality viz ripoffs, for example. I'm sure the I'm yeah. sure because there was hardly any editorial control. I'm sure they were just going, oh, there's a we need a we need to fill 48 funny pages this month or however many it was 36. Yeah. Um, oh, there's another page. Let's pop that in. And so you, you end up sort of um, doing lots. You know, with, without that sort of filter, it it, it actually. Um, it does sort of um it, it, i think i think it's easy to um become lazy and think you know and easy to please yourself rather than please others if that makes sense mm, yeah i can understand that i can understand um that through because when you're talking about the advertising stuff it's like the test audience or whatever you you need that feedback otherwise you are just going to be in a loop of doing things that entertain you and that that stuff doesn't go anywhere because it's for you and you only, I suppose. But yeah, I yeah, or you and a very small yeah. audience, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> I've always tried to be quite populist with my work. So not populist isn't for everyone, you know. There can be people out there, and there are people out there that do stuff that's very much, you know, in a certain groove, and yeah. they've got a small but very, um, um, very um, appreciative fan base. Whereas for whatever reason, whether it was, you know, from early on or if I've developed it, I'm not sure. But I do like populist things. You know, I do like the idea that if I'm doing something that a, a, a wide range of people will like it, if that makes sense. I'm, yeah. You know, I'm not, um, you know, my instincts aren't to do something that's quite sort of niche or, or um, culty. It's not my instincts, I don't think. That's not to knock anything that is yeah. like more yeah. sort of culty or whatever. But, um, and that's the other thing as well. It's difficult to do both, you know, mm. at the same time, but although it is possible, you know, it's possible. So, I mean, I'm recently, for example, I'm rereading Hellboy, which I absolutely love, you know, Mike Magola yeah. stuff. And it's just like, and it's both. I mean, it's, it's actually really quite um, um, quirky and, you know, you can see it being really culty. And really quite, you know, and, and certain people just absolutely loving it. But at the same time, it, um, pretty much, it's pretty much accessible to everyone. You know, yeah. pretty much yeah. anyone could read that and it would make sense. And they think this is quite a cool comic book, you know. Yeah. Um, but there are things that are quite, are quite you know, quite um, tricky to sort of, you know, um, to get into the mind of the creator. Um and you either have to be sort of you have to have similar reference points to him, you know, or or whatever, you know. But for whatever reason, they're 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 a bit more impenetrable. Mm. I can yeah, like like really sort of like um, cult underground stuff, cult underground comics, things yeah. like that. Where, yeah. Um, some of the um, I think it's the things that Fantagraphics do. Uh, there's things like that where it's like it's very very acquired taste. Mm. Uh, whereas you would want to produce something that's a little bit more universal, yeah. Yeah, and actually, in a way, leading back to cats, um, I almost wonder whether that might be why um, pet, you know, dog, cat, whatever animal cartoons are actually as popular as they are, because there's universal reference points that everybody gets. For example, you asked me earlier on if I had a cat, and I don't at the moment, but... For all the people that do have cats out there, if you do a yeah. gag that actually touches a nerve because they've either seen their cat do it or they've imagined their doing it or or they could imagine their cat doing it or something, then yeah. immediately you've got that kind of shared um, reference point is how I'd put it, I suppose. There's probably a better term. But you'd basically think to yourself, oh, that's funny. It's almost like, oh, that's funny because it's true or it's funny because yeah. I've, I've thought that, you know, mm. and because cats don't change much, <laughs> you know, in terms of having a pet cat, they kind of pretty much do similar things, or you can imagine them doing things if you if you if you know what I mean. Then yeah. I think that might be why um, cats and dogs, or partly why they're so popular, because yeah. they're kind of um, you know they, they you know there's a lot of that kind of like oh yeah, that's true or that kind of reaction to them, you know. Mm. Yeah, I've got um, I've got two cats myself. Right. Which is part part of the reason I I was um sort of like I, part of the reason I vibed so strongly with the the, the work in in Learn to Speak Cat and and the the, the Catitude and Dogonic cartoons because I understand. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um. 
and I can I can understand how that has the universal appeal for anyone that has a pet or even people that like just enjoy watching funny videos or silly videos of cats on the internet yeah. and things like that. It's the same thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I. We kind of touched on it a little bit when you were talking about how you reread in Hellboy, but one of the things that we that I wanted to ask you about as well um, mm. in, during this interview is things that you are, are reading or, or watching media that you're enjoying at the moment that, that is kind of influencing your work or anything like that, or, or things that you think have had an influence on you, things that you've enjoyed in the um, past taken with you. Um, just trying to think, and it, I don't... Um influencing me now is that i mean I, I there's so many tv obviously as you know you know i mean there's just it's just a there's just a revolution going on in, in terms of like programming becoming so much better mm. um there's so many sort of you know I can't, what's the last thing i've watched that i thought was really well probably one division actually i thought that was brilliant um yeah um but and and also i think that what's happened which is fantastic is you know us comic book fans you know are getting to see a lot of the things that we were just like you know with in our geeky little world when we were younger you know no one else was remotely interested in or heard of a lot of those things are now actually um coming to um you know are being sort of re not reinvented but um, sort of um are being presented in a way that um is accessible to as big an audience as the as the as you know whoever it is warner brothers can get and so um it's really interesting to see that because I mean, most of it. I mean, I've been really happy with. I mean, I uh, just saw the just saw the last Spider-Man film, which I'm, I'm a massive Spider-Man fan. When I was a kid, I used to buy. Unfortunately, it was all the British weeklies because you know the black and white ones because the American yeah. ones weren't coming in. But yeah. um, to see something like Spider-Man, which was actually you know, I mean, you know, especially in the UK, I mean, not many people read Spider-Man comics, but now Spider-Man is like a mainstream. Um, um, character, product, whatever you want to call it, and so I'm actually enjoying seeing comics um, blossom into, uh, you know, um, into the um, into the um, into the films and TV shows that they're actually blossoming into now. It's it's really, you know, I think we're in a in a real, I suppose, a golden age really of seeing yeah. um, uh, those things come about. Um, I mean, in the last year, I've been slightly disappointed with a couple of Marvel films. Um, but overall, I mean, well, so, you know, in the last, you know, however many years have been, you know, 10 or longer now, 10 years or longer. I mean, there's been some really, really good um, films. And they're, and they're all, and, and it's almost like, it used to, I used to, I remember some adaptations of superhero things and comics that I liked when I was younger coming to screen. And they were so embarrassing. You know, they were awful. You know, I remember like I remember an early Captain America film which was cringeworthy. I remember um an early um let me think, um you know, even the Incredible Hulk T V series didn't resemble yeah. comic much and so on and so forth. But that's not what's going on now. Yeah, the characters have been changed, but they've been changed often for the better. Or the mm. storylines have been changed for the better. Whereas yeah. before they seemed to be just making changes for the sake of it, you know, that were inexplicable, you know, and, and didn't seem to um they seem to be um uh, making things worse rather than better. Now, yeah. you know, there's obviously very, very smart people working. And they're putting a lot of effort into not only pleasing the new audience they've got, but, you know, you get those little, um, those little um, 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 things that are done that are obviously there for the fans, you know, the original fans and so on. Hmm. So um, I'm watching a lot of that kind of stuff, you know, just, just generally watching, you know, um, um, comic books and stuff come out um onto the big screen um other tv series and uh, tv series and so on that i've watched recently i don't think they're that relevant to to comics yeah. um um but yeah yeah i mean we've um the thing that the, the most recent one that i've just finished watching was uh, was hawkeye right i haven't seen um, that one yet just finish watching that on Disney Plus. That's absolutely fantastic. But I agree oh, with you about, and, and I guess this ties into your thinking about thing, making things more populous. Yeah. Is the fact that they've taken these ideas that, you know, these comic book stories and they've made them, um, they've brought them to the big screen and they've done it in a way that it's, it's universal. It's enjoyable for, ev enjoyable for everyone. It's, it's big, yeah. bigger representation of, of um, the wider population and not just the people that, 
originally grew up reading it and and you know things like that so that's that's yeah. kind of ties into that thinking for you i suppose doesn't it it's like yeah and they understand yeah. that things have to be good to, yeah. to to work i mean i know that sounds ridiculous but sometimes in the past i've seen things it's like no one actually realized that they need it, it it wasn't just enough that you just put this on this character on the screen and people would like it it yeah. had to be good <laughs> you know the, the, the writing had to be good the um, production values and so on had to be good but it seemed like before a lot there was so much lazy out when it came to bringing comic books to to the to the big screen whereby it was just like oh yeah that'll do you know and of course if you've if you got that sort of um approach or it seems that they had that sort of approach then it's not going to get you anywhere where it's obviously huge amounts of effort obviously yeah. that goes into developing some of these properties at the moment and they're like you know by and large you know there's some pretty um amazing stuff i wasn't so keen on eternals because i was a big i wasn't a, i wasn't a kirby fan when i was young when i was very young would find yeah because i always used to think he looks a bit old-fashioned I, I it's terrible to say it now it's a terrible admission but i used to get marvel comics or dc comics whatever which yeah. whatever, whichever one it was and if i came across um kirby or dicko i used to think to myself oh you know they're not like you know it's, it looks too old-fashioned but now i'm completely the opposite and i yeah. think you know they were brilliant you know they were just so you know they were so unique and their style is so you know kind of um quirky and kind of you know cool but back then you know i kind of i used to see them as being throwbacks which i suppose they slightly were you know, yeah past their prime when i was reading their work you know um but yeah i was disappointed that the eternal wasn't better i thought they were going to do something a bit more along the lines of the um the neil gaiman you know one that he did with john remitter jr yeah yeah um, i thought it was gonna be more like that and it's just kind of it's just, i felt it was a bit fragmented and i hope that that isn't you know because I, I really hope that marvel keep the momentum up the next movie yeah. you know is 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 um to my liking or whatever but i'm really hoping that there there isn't a bit of a lag and that they do manage to still keep up the um creativity and the kind of really mm. good films because um there hasn't been many in my yeah. opinion that have been duds you know i don't think there's only been duds but there have been a couple now that i yeah. thought to myself oh, i was a bit disappointed you know we've uh we've talked about the eternals on this cast and we've talked about all the right because <laughs> we're we're big kirby fans here <laughs> um yeah i love me, kirby. me myself in, in um in particular i'm a, I'm a big jack kirby fan um yeah. i love his work on the eternals i like his uh his stuff they did with dc the new gods things like that yeah um and i i think and uh, i'm in a similar opinion to you as far as the eternals movie goes where i didn't not enjoy it mm. um but i feel like they could have there, there, there was like a whole wealth of things they could have done that they just kind of glossed over or or, or didn't yeah. Uh, yeah and it, it and there were a lot of changes that were there yeah. a lot of changes that weren't for the better you know there were like yeah, yeah. changes because somebody thought let's do that although having in their defense i mean kirby's eternals is quite a it's quite thin gruel in a way isn't it? I mean, it wasn't i don't it wasn't that many issues and it wasn't you know it wasn't yeah. like a, it didn't have a you know a lot of the characters were only sort of cameo characters i think that they mm. sort of breathed more life into it's not like it wasn't you know it wasn't a yeah. really a meaty bit of work i don't think mm. um to be fair to them but i think it still merited a better you know yeah. it, it seemed uh, yeah because i think it was a very good idea that maybe even kirby didn't quite see through to the end you know but it, yeah. it felt like it was there was a really big idea in there that they kind of it just felt a little bit like it you know i don't know for whatever reason didn't quite um yeah do it well, for yeah. me you know but um onwards and upwards you know i'm sure i can't remember what yeah. out, what's out next but i'm sure it'll be something good exactly yeah it um, be something on the next one yeah like and that. it was it's like you're saying kirby laid the track for it and other creators have had a bash at it and they could have adapted yeah. anything from well, it, well from for example what neil gaiman yeah. did with it was fantastic i mean he took kirby's yeah. original story the idea and put a really good twist on it you know and i thought that yeah. was perfect you know what you know the way he sort of handled the fact that you know they you know anyway but you know it yeah yeah um so yeah i mean and and back to the sort of like again all of this ties into the way that you work on learn to speak cat and then the fact that you try to keep things as universal as possible and um that you try to tie everything back to keep i suppose that is that that must be like the crux of your work then on learn to speak cat you try to keep things as universal as possible well it's just i 
Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's keep it universal class, but I'm aware of the fact that, you know, people have to get the gags, or I'd like them to get the gags. That doesn't mm. mean they have to be bleeding obvious. They can be surreal, or they can be whatever, but I do like there to be, the, you know, I do like the fact that they, they are, you know, gettable, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing with Learn to Speak Cat that I quite like, the you know, it, in, in, in my mind, I suppose, the way I sort of approach it when I think about it, it is very much, because there's a lot of cat stuff out there, obviously. There's a lot of, you know, um, cat... Um, comics cartoons or whatever you know and they more or less they major on one cat so you've got things like you know felix garfield heathcliff or whatever um whereas i quite like the idea that learn to speak cat it's basically it's like a little universe of cats i mean i i specifically haven't named them you know i like to keep it sort of vague so it's kind of like the orange cat's like the main one then he's got a couple of cats around him that keep popping up the purple one and the black and white one or whatever and i quite like the idea that you're sort of they're um they're almost indifferent to man. In fact, I try not to put humans in it because I think that um, even putting like a foot or a hand now and again, I, t- I try to avoid that. So it's very much like it's a bit different to other cat cartoons in in the fact that in the in the sense that I quite like the idea that you know it's like a little cat universe, yeah, that you can dip in and out of, mm-hmm. and 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 the only place for humans in it, in a way, is when they're talking directly to you, the reader. Yeah. So, for example, if they're telling you, if they're um, educating you with a cat word, you know, they're talking to you directly. Or yeah. a gag might be that the cat's pointing at you and saying something about his bowl or whatever, you know. So humans are in it, but only as you, the uh, only from the the point of view of almost yeah. literally the point of view of you as you of the as the reader, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's where it's a little bit different, I suppose, to other cat cartoons where you kind of got. You know, you're you're observing the humour of the cat in a family situation or whatever. Yeah. You know, um, and I quite like it being. Although I've said, you know, I like the gags to be obvious generally when I'm working. I do like the fact that um, it can get a bit surreal that way because it gives you permission. As soon as you're thinking, not thinking like a cat, but as soon as you're in a world where there's cats doing stuff to each other or with each other or for each other or whatever then it does open up the possibilities of quite strange things, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because yeah. you're, not, you're not dealing with people. <laughs> you're dealing yeah. with, with things that, you know, are quite happy to murder other things, for example, um, yeah. which people don't do. And you're dealing with things that, you know, I don't know, you just, you know, clean themselves with their own tongue and, and stuff like that. So it, it opens up a lot of possibilities for humour in the fact that, you know, Cats do do quite strange things, and um, and you yeah. can sort of push that a little bit more, you know. And you you, you sort of like edge towards the um, when you talk about the surreal edge of, end of things, you edge towards kind of like the Tom and Jerry slapstick stuff because there's a few cartoons in there. There's one particularly where it's like cats directing a movie, and there's a dog, yeah, um, and he's about to shout action, uh, and uh, obviously they're just going to wail on this dog with whatever instruments they've got. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Because yeah. actually, that's quite their their relationship. Who's who's kind of a bit the um, who's kind of the um, the um, this the the full guy quite a lot of the time. Um, but it's almost like a, the cat a cat in a, the instinct of the cat is just cats is just not to like the dog. Full yeah. stop. They're never ever. There's never ever going to be a time <laughs> where their instincts. Uh, change and I'm sure there are um, I know there are you know uh, yeah. people who have cats and dogs that get on with each other brilliantly but these happen not to and I yeah. quite like the idea of flattening that as well so in terms mm-hmm. of a cat's personality a cat a cat's personality to me is a lot less complex than the human personality <laughs> they kind yeah. of they kind of they're they're not you know they kind of they know what they like or what they don't like and they kind of and they're always going to sort of react to the same thing in a similar way every time do you know what I mean you know yeah they don't process things in the same way that people do no. so i quite like that idea that angle to, you know in dog terms they hate him you know yeah. and uh, <laughs> full stop <laughs> it's a lot more complicated than that or well, hate might be too strong a word but they um yeah they are prepared to um yeah um to do things unpleasant things to him for yeah. their own amusement so yeah um so i quite like that yeah and i quite like the fact that yeah, they kind of, they're just, they just are, you know, they're, they're, you know, like real cats. They're kind of just, they're, 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 they're operating completely in their own space. Do you know what I mean? They're not, 
you know, a lot of the times you might think to yourself, well, what, what's my cat thinking about? Well, he's probably not thinking a lot. Exactly, <laughs> you know, he's, yeah. Yeah. he's just being a cat, you know. Yeah. And, and I and I and I quite like that kind of like that that kind of quite yeah. surreal thing that they're just going to do their own thing, you know, no yeah. matter what, you know, it's no more complicated than that. I haven't, in other words, I haven't humanized because I think with a yeah. lot of other cartoons of animals out there, what happens is they become humanized. So you basically, it's a dog, but it's not really a dog. It's actually like a person that's yeah. inhabiting a dog body, or it's not really a cat. I mean, for example, with Garfield, which is great cartoon strip. By but he's basically he's sort of duels with his owner um, mm. as a person would, if you see what I mean, as like a child would, if you like. You know, yeah, he's kind of, yeah. or actually he's not a child; he's like the sensible one, isn't he? Yeah. Or the smarter one. But they're kind of he. His personality is very much a personality uh, with John. So basically, um, um, so that's it's it's like different. I don't have that kind. They don't have that sort of ability to think in my cartoon. Mm. They don't have that. Um, either that ability or that um, um, desire. Yeah. They're not engage with humans in that, in that manner, unless it involves yeah. like getting you to give them food in a, in an inventive way. Yeah. There's a lot and of that. Where they'll, they'll go out of their way to get food because cats yeah. are very focused on getting food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're not, they're not anthropomorphized in your book. It's, it's cats through the eyes That's of cats. The word. That's the word. Yeah. yeah. I left a, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. Which a lot of cartoon characters are, you know, they kind of got, yeah, even physically, you know, they've got little legs. You know, they walk about on two legs rather than. Um, um, so yeah, so that happens. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 nothing cat- wrong with it. You know, it's just a different angle. Yeah. I'm not I'm not criticizing yeah. one approach to another uh, as opposed. You know, yeah. to another. It's just um, it's just it's not just the angle. Without- yeah. I like I like it's a unique angle. Cats through the eyes of cats. The animals through the eyes of themselves. It's almost like a cat could have been making that comic. Yeah, well, it's not trying to like, yeah, it's not trying too hard to somehow get you to like the personality of the cat, if I can yeah. put it that way, I think, or the cats. Yeah. It's not trying to like, you know, because there are brilliant cartoons that do that. Peanuts is fantastic. You really get, you know, you really get a sense of the character, you know, because even with like a few speech bubbles or whatever, it really conveys the thinking of the or the yeah. or the ideology or the um, or the personality of the character. There's not a lot of that that goes on. So it is pretty, you know, between the eyes, bang, cartoon, you know, that kind of approach, as it were. Um, I think I might be, I might be. I, I was going to say, is there an underanalyzing? <laughs> I might be underanalyzing it. I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe if I was describing <laughs> it tomorrow, I'd have a completely different. Um, uh, yeah, take, but this is what I'm yeah. thinking at the moment. Um, yeah, at this precise moment on this Sunday evening. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Um, it's it's um, yeah, it, it's it's great insight, and um, yeah, we really do enjoy talking to creators about their work. Um, and it is it is great insight into into how these single panel comics work and how the gags work and everything else. Um, which is th- primarily the thing that interests me as a complete nerd for comics so yeah mm. um well uh thank you very much for joining us no, and, my pleasure. Um, yeah thank you for having having that conversation with us and uh yeah if uh anybody out there so and, and to our listeners um we're going to put a link in the show notes to where this book will be available but that is learn to speak cat by anthony smith fake muse yeah fake muse learn to speak cat fake muse which will be uh, available via soaring penguin press um and you can check that out we'll leave a link in the show notes for you um and yeah i i fully recommend checking it out because it is fantastic uh it's a fantastic little uh collection of these really fun single page single single uh panel cartoons and the ideal gift for a cat lover you can't yes. go wrong <laughs> yeah anyone that <laughs> give them that and they'll forgive you for for whatever Anything. else, you know, it's yeah. like, nice, nice, nice. Don't have to work out what you're going to get them for Christmas or their birthday. <laughs> Just get them out and they'll be happy. Yeah, really, really does get into the, like, behind, basically you are behind the eyes of the cat for most of it, which is kind of fun. Um, so, yeah, um, that has been Ace Comicals with Anthony Smith. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us. You can find us on Facebook under Ace Comicals. We are available on Twitter at Ace Comicals. Um, you can... Find us pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast to listen to. We're available on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Castro, 
anywhere um itunes as well um and uh, you can find me on twitter under at bato if you want to uh, add anything to the conversation that you've heard here today if you want to ask any questions of uh, of me or if you want to just just you know give your opinion on anything that you may or may not have read that we've brought up and discussed today then uh, please do just get in touch on twitter you can uh, di- a direct message dm or you can you can send me an at reply um, or even do it through the official Ace Comicals Twitter, which is uh, at Ace Comicals or, or me at Bato. Um, and have you got anything that you want to plug or bring up at the end here? No, not really. I mean, uh, well, um, you've given a plug to Go Comics, which I think is good for yeah. a variety yeah. of cartoons. So I would recommend people check that out. I do have a Learn to Speak app Facebook page if anyone's um, interested. Um, but no, that's really good. I mean, I can't think of anything else I'd want to flog at this moment. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, thanks again for joining us. Thanks very much for joining us. And uh, yeah, it was great to have you on here and have, a, have the interview. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, no problem. Evening. Yeah, you too. Thank you very much.